entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show. I'm really happy you have decided to join us today. I'm Marty Wolf, and along with my sidekick, Carrie Carney, and our producer, Tom Jenkins, we are going to do our best to inform, educate, and inspire you. I'm going to underline inspire today, gentlemen. We're going to inspire our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone who is seeking excellence in their personal and professional lives. Tom and Carrie, we've had some really incredible guests on this show. Scott McCain best-selling author, maybe the best speaker in the world as far as I'm concerned. Gary Vanderchuk, probably the number one social media guy in the world. Tom Hopkins, sales guru. Bob Chapman of Barry Waymiller. And last week, Dr. Raj Sasodi of Babson College. Today's guest ranks as one of our best. Jim Zolkowski of an organization called Build On, and that's B-U-I-L-D-On-O-N, joins us today. What a powerful story that will inspire all of us at many levels. In addition to Jim, we offer you some creative ways to become more productive in a way to make yourself and your employees happier. Now, don't just dismiss this last story when you hear the word happier, like this is a lot of fluff. Stay with us until the end because it's a lot different than you think. So stay with us. So let's start, Carrie. Where we all should start, I think, most of the time, unless we're kind of moving slow, we want to be productive for the Why most part. Why did you part. look at me when you said <laughs> slow? Well, I think we're all in that mode today, but we're picking it up. We're getting, we're getting it going, you know? We want to think about ways to become more productive. And one of the places we often look to articles is, at, is Forbes. And this is an article from a person named Susan Adams. And she talks about five ways to become more productive. I love the way this starts. Uh, this article starts, Carrie, because it talks about a a salesperson, mm-hmm. somebody in Loving our the salesman, somebody in our ilk, you know. Right. right. And, and she's talking about a gentleman by the name of Rory Avaden. That's V A D E N. And it says he doesn't read his email. He actually uh, has an assistant read his email and. I guess, and this is a she, right? Carrie, yeah, in this yes. case, the assistant is a she. She notes what needs to be uh, immediately attended to and what can wait. Yeah. And he, and because part of the reason, that's part of the reasons why he's able to, uh, he, able, he was able to start and run a company called Southwestern Consulting. And by the way, he's 32 years old. Where's he fall into? Millennial. That's, that's right. That's right. So, that's what jumped out at me. And... Partially, I guess, or maybe entirely because he's so productive, he has also written two books. And the last book that we're going to take some information from is called Procrastinate on Purpose. Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time is his latest book. Now, his path to uh, starting a company is uh, unconventional. This is what we referred to, Carrie, is that he was a salesperson. And when he was in college, he started to sell uh, books a door-to-door, right? And he worked for this company called Southwestern Advantage. And 
I have to keep looking at this. I highlighted to make sure I got this right, that he made $50,000 in one summer while he was earning his MBA working for this company. That's not a bad summer job, Tom. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to keep looking to say, am I reading that right? And um, yeah, so he, so he did that, and he had some other experience in sales, and he said, you know what? Based on all my experiences, I think I'm ready to start my own uh, coaching company. And he went to, and I want to point this out because they don't really talk about this in the article, Kerry and Tom, but I want to point this out. He went to the company that he worked for, which was Southwestern Advantage, and said, I want to start a company. And the company he worked for started that as a subsidiary. Right. That is a brilliant marketing slash entrepreneur strategy hmm. to Rem- go to reminds your... Reminds me of a company out in Ann Arbor. <clears throat> well, kind of like a uh, company we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So he started his company and he's become a productivity guru. And I'm going to, in his first book, he pointed out something called priority dilution. Let me say that word again. Let that sink in. Priority dilution. And he argued that... Um, you know, some of us may be procrastinating, maybe because we are lazy, <laughs> all right? But some of us are procrastinating or putting things out because, quite frankly, we don't know how or we're struggling with prioritizing the gazillion things that come across our desk and our email. This makes sense. This real. This is me. This is me. This, this, this article is written for me, you know? Uh, I don't think I'm lazy, no. Can I look for some feedback on that team? Am I Absolutely not lazy. Thank you. Not okay. lazy at all. So therefore, <laughs> you know, we get so much information, and this is what he's talking about, priority dilution. It happens because we can't figure out where to put our energy first. What do you do first? What do you do second? So it, let's get into some of the... you got to get a read of the defense, if I put that in a full football term. Yeah, you have Just to Just not going to run headlong and say, here's the first thing, I'm going to grab that, and I'm going to get correct. it done. Correct. Correct, Kerry. Good point. So here's some suggestions that from the article, again, the, we're reading from the article of Susan Adams and Forbes, and she has some suggestions. It's coming from his latest book, and the first suggestion is eliminate. He describes it as eliminate. And he says, give your permission, give yourself permission to ignore certain tasks. If a boss comes up to you and asks you for something that there's no way you can get it done, learn to say no. And, and that's something I've learned in being on different boards. A wholehearted no is better than a half-hearted yes. Uh, Well said. Very good. Eliminate. Point number two is automate. And um, automate your checking. Automate uh, some credit card payments he's suggesting. If you have a business, think about um, using technology like a payroll system, um, those kinds of things. A customer relationship program. Um, Third point is to delegate, which is an obvious one. Um, But the reason we don't delegate often is because we think that people can't do something as well as we can. Get over that. Get over yourself. Get over yourself and delegate. Find someone. Find an assistant, quite frankly. Point number four, procrastinate on purpose. This means give yourself permission. It's permission of the incomplete. You cannot multitask. Complete myth. Complete myth. You cannot. So you need to prioritize. And when he says procrastinate on purpose is figure out what's the lower priorities and push them off. Don't do them. Get it figured out so you have things in priority. The 
point number five is give yourself permission to protect your focus. If you decide that you're not going to look at your email every five minutes, maybe your brother sent you an email and you won't see it for three hours. That's okay. Don't let the, you know, don't let the world end. Don't get so stressed out by that. Read those last two sentences. Well, you go and read uh, those last two time sentences. Management, time management isn't just logical. It is emotional, says Vaden. You need to figure out how to manage your guilt. Once you practice Vaden's techniques, you'll start to see how much more time you have to spend on important tasks, and the guilt will dissipate. Stop living urgent and start living significant. Very, very important. So we're down to our last few seconds of uh, segment one. This information came from Rory Vaden, V-A-D-E-N. And if you do some of these things, maybe you can read good books like Walk in Their Shoes, Can One Person Change the World by our guest, Jim Solkowski. Maybe you can find time to volunteer for some of the things that Jim is, is talking about. So we'll be right back on the Business Builders Show. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. My new site just launched, and I'd love to know what you think. But I also have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to 30 Minutes with my marketingcoach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. For your next regional or national meeting, are you looking for a professional facilitator to keep things on track so your meeting meets the objectives? Have you assembled a group of subject matter experts for a panel and you need a moderator who is skilled in keeping the conversation focused on what really matters? Do you want a speaker for your next meeting who will engage the audience in a way that makes the meeting fun and memorable? Marty Wolf of The Business Builder Show is available for your next important event. You can contact him at... 570-815-1626. Marty has facilitated hundreds of meetings in all kinds of settings. He has interviewed hundreds of CEOs, authors, professional speakers, and thought leaders from many different industries. Planning an important meeting? Want to feel confident you will achieve the results you planned for? Then call Marty Wolf at 570-815-1626. Or log on to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. Our special guest today is Jim Solkowski. He is the founder and president and CEO of BuildOn, a nonprofit organization that builds schools in developing countries while also running after-school service programs in America's toughest inner cities. At home or abroad, Jim's goal is to break the cycle of poverty, illiteracy, and low expectations through service and education. 
inspired by Jim's own travels to some of the most impoverished countries in the world and his experiences living in Harlem. Jim derailed his fast-track career in corporate finance at GE to dedicate his life to build on. Jim, welcome to the Business Builder Show. It's great to be here, Marty. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm thrilled you're here because I read the book, and I'm going to mention your book, and then I want to ask you a question that will set the stage. Your book is, Walk in Their Shoes, Can One Person Change the World? We first heard of you and Bildon in a story I read about uh, a young girl in Detroit, and you can uh, mention her name, and she overcame her own problems to help a homeless man or homeless men. Use that as a context to tell us about Build On and, and tell us her story, okay? Sure, Marty. So, so what we do at Build On is we run these intensive uh, service and service learning programs, both in class and after school. And we're working with 50 of the most challenging high schools in the United States. We're in Detroit, Chicago, Oakland, San Francisco. We're in Philly. We're in the, the Bronx, South Bronx, East New York. We're up in Boston. We're in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So we're working in all these cities, all these schools, and mobilizing students to transform their communities through service. They go out and they work with elders and homeless people and younger children work with folks that have disabilities and these same kids also help change the world by building schools in developing countries mm-hmm. so they are literally tr- transforming their own communities through local service and changing the world by building schools mm-hmm. um, the students have now contributed about 1.4 million hours of service wow and, uh, and 92% of our, our students not only graduate, they go on to college. Mm-hmm. Not because we're an academic program, we're not, but because the students realize what they're capable of and elevate expectations for themselves and their community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then internationally, we've just finished building our 674th school around the world. We're in four countries in Africa, uh, Mali, Malawi, Senegal, Burkina Faso, and we're also in... Um, uh, Nepal, Nicaragua, and Haiti. Mm. Uh, so, so anyway, Ray Agati got involved in our program about four or five years ago, and she's from Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And the first time I met her, we were working in a shelter for homeless veterans in Detroit. And I saw the way she connected with the vets. You know, and these are guys that served in Afghanistan, Iraq, even Vietnam. They're homeless. They're in Detroit. I mean, this is a tough kind of group of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I just saw Rhea connecting with these, these guys in a very authentic, in, in, a, in a really graceful way. And afterwards, I said, you know, how, how did you, uh, how do you connect with these guys? So, so, so the way you do. And she said, you know, these are the guys that gave me my smile back. And I said, wow. what do you mean gave you your smile back? And, and, um, and, and she got to know her pretty well. And she explained that, um, she was never closer to anybody than her older brother, Vandell. And he was the one that took her to school and service projects and always took her out to celebrate her birthday. Mm. And um, her brother, Vandell, was uh, shot shot dead by an AK-47 about three weeks before Rhea's 15th birthday. Mm. And, and Rhea was, was devastated. She couldn't, uh, she couldn't go to school. She couldn't come out of her house. She was just in a rough place. And... and um, when her birthday finally came around, she knew she couldn't celebrate, and she decided instead to to dedicate a day of service to her brother Vandell. And that's the first time she went to the Detroit Vet Center. Wow! And, and she when she went in there, man, these guys instead of her sort of contributing and helping to lift them up, 
they saw, you know, her, her sorrow, her turmoil, and they talked to her about it. And they helped her to, to smile again, to stand up and to start living her life. Wow. And, and she went on to do over 700 hours of service with, with us in high school. And then she won a full scholarship to Bowling Green State University for the service that she does. And she built a school in Nicaragua. So, I mean, she is a very, uh, I mean, she's the type of the, she's in the book. And I mean, yes. she's the, the person, yeah. she's the type of person I named the book after. I yes. want to walk in her shoes. Well, she that, is a that, role model for me and all of us. And in the subtitle, can one person change the world? It's not about the person on the cover. It's about the reader. Mm-hmm. Can we do what Ray is doing? And I think the answer is yes. Mm. Yeah. And I, the a key lesson that Carrie and I got from that is when she talked about uh, the lesson that can be shared with so many younger, young people, well, all people, is use your birthday not to get something, but to give something. Yeah. That's what we oh, really that's... took out of it. I, what a powerful lesson. That's great. And you already explained who, when you say, you know, walk in their shoes, you're, you're describing, you know, some of those folks. Now, let's get back to your beginning. In, uh, you were doing well at GE, General Electric. You were, uh, what, what, what compelled you to leave this fast track position uh, at GE to start Build On? Well, I think what compelled me happened before I started at, at GE. And, and after I, I graduated from college, I worked a couple jobs and I saved as much money as I could. And I bought a backpack and I ended up hitchhiking around the world for about a year and spent a lot of time in developing countries, as you mentioned in your introduction. And um, I was completely overwhelmed by the injustice of extreme poverty. And uh, in, it's initially in India and then in Nepal, where the poverty index is even more severe, I was in, 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 in Nepal because I really wanted to climb up into the mountains, into the Himalaya and check out Solo Kumbu and, and Mount Everest and all, all these amazing places. And mm-hmm. along the way, I was, I was climbing through these villages, trekking and, and climbing through these villages. And I passed through um, a village where they were, they were celebrating the opening of a school that they had built themselves. And it was a two-day celebration. They never mm-hmm. went home. It was monsoon. They are literally dancing in the rain and in the mud celebrating this school. It was just so. So instead of just seeing the injustice of extreme poverty, I'm seeing the hope and the determination that these community members had around education. And when I came back to the States, you know, many months later, I saw poverty in our own country much differently, you know, in in seemingly intractable problems in American inner cities. Mm -hmm. And yet not. They're not intractable. And there's that same strain of hope and courage that I saw in Nepal with our youth, kids like Rhea. And so that was, you know, I wanted to act on on these experiences, but I chickened out completely, Marty, and <laughs> took a job with GE, and okay. <laughs> it took me about a year and a half to, to get the courage up to actually take the plunge and start up Build On. Wow. Wow. Well, connect for me clearly the connections between um, the after-school programs and building schools in impoverished countries and communities. So connect connect up the after school program. Yeah, I mean, what's the connection? I mean, I know you're doing that. Are two separate things connected? Yep. Why why do they connect to each other? 
Well, they're completely interconnected. Okay. So um, students uh, that we work with in the South Bronx not only reach out and they, they work with little kids with developmental disabilities, they work with folks that are HIV positive and have AIDS, but we take the same kids overseas to build schools in developing countries. They live in a village for two weeks with a host family in a mud hut. They work alongside the parents and they physically help to build a school. And when they're in these communities, the kids understand really the mm-hmm. value of education. They see hundreds of people volunteering to build the school. It takes about 1,500 volunteer work days to build a school. They see the communities rallying to build these schools, the celebration around education, and they understand what they have at home in their own, you know, in their own educational systems. They also come away realizing what they can accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they leave a village. It's often very emotional for our kids because of the connections they built with the families, but also because they realize that they help to change the world. They change the 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 future mm. you know that that community that the school they build is going to impact generations of children mm-hmm. so when they when they have that experience and they come back and they see what's happening in their own schools in their own communities they have i think a, a much higher uh, sort of level of expectation for what they can do, what can be accomplished, and what should be done. There and also go. how important education is. And so 92% of these kids not only graduate, they go to college. And this is part of the reason. Conversely, um, Jim, hold your thought there. Conversely, hold your thought right there sure, because sure. we need to take a short break. We're speaking with Jim Stolkowski. He is the founder and president and CEO of BuildOn. We'll be right back on the Business Builders Show. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. My new site just launched, and I'd love to know what you think. But I also have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to 30 Minutes with my marketingcoach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab is going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? He said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry.
informing, educating, and encouraging. The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. Our special guest today is Jim Solkowski. He is the author of Walk in Their Shoes, Can One Person Change the World? And he is the founder and president and CEO of BuildOn. Now, Jim, you have my attention. You have all our attention. And all the things that you're doing, um, like, for instance, uh, the challenges of building schools in poor countries and communities, uh, there are some challenges there. And in your book, you, you actually contracted malaria. Now, that's a real challenge. How did you overcome challenges in everything that you're doing? And what lessons can you share with us, with our audience? Well, um I, you know the, the 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 episode with malaria was was pretty terrifying on some levels. I had been living in a village in Malawi, Africa, a place called Misomali, and my brother and I had been working with this community to to build our first school in Africa. And this is back in like '92 or '93, and. Um, my brother Dave collapsed from malaria and almost died. And then eight days later, I had a 104-degree fever. I had dysentery. I lost consciousness and went into convulsions. And by the grace of God, Dave was able to drag me into one of two hospitals that they had in the country at the time. Mm. And uh, I had it ended up that I also had malaria. And, and when I came out of it, the doctor said, two more hours away from this hospital, and you would have been dead. Mm. You know, and... and uh, and, you know, luckily I was back on my feet in a couple of days and feeling pretty good. Dave had a different strain of malaria, so he came back to the States to recover. And I was, as I was walking back to the village to try and finish building the school, you know, the last four or five miles or so in, I started to see the people that I knew, the community members, and I realized that when they contract malaria, they don't have a near-death experience. They die. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what's the difference between uh, between me, you know, and them, and, and it's extreme poverty. They don't have two dollars to go for a mosquito net. They don't have twenty dollars to get into a hospital mm. and get the medication they need. Wow, you know, and, and I was overwhelmed. I almost turned around and started walking away, and and I was terrified because people around me were dying from malaria and AIDS. Sure, wow. But then I realized that if we could get that school built, then maybe we could break. They could break that cycle of poverty and illiteracy and low expectations through education, and they don't need people like me. And so I think that that fear that I faced at that point and at other points in the uh, in the startup of the organization was much more dangerous than the actual malaria, mm. you know. And, and I think that, you know, anybody who is, is starting up something, anybody uh, – today, today is arguably the most exciting and frightening time for leaders to make bold changes, to start things up. You know, and, and the the thing that we're all going to face is fear. And if we can't overcome fear, then we can't yep. make change. We yep. can't do the things and, and accomplish the audacious goals that we set out to accomplish. Wow. Well, in terms of uh, goals, audacious goals, you're talking about uh, impoverished uh countries and communities uh, i think you're recently let's come back to to the, the united states uh, you recently launched the build on in boston is that correct and congratulations that is correct. Yep. tell the us Cash about that high school tell yep. us about that man well we had a, a really strong team of of uh volunteers that be, uh, set up a chapter and started funding um students in different boston public schools to go out and build schools and the kids started doing more and more service and we got folks to to join one of our regional boards and they started aligning the resources and the funding for us john hancock came on as a as a, as a foundation supporter and they got in, involved early uh we've also been able to get a, a bunch of other organizations 
behind us up there, and we opened up our programs at Cash High School. We have two of our staff working in the school with about 100, 150 kids uh, on a weekly basis, and then a, a cohort of teachers that also support, and we run our service learning curriculum in the classroom, and then the students from Cash are out really working in their, their neighborhoods and their communities, mapping things out, understanding the challenges, and then taking action through service and advocacy. That's fantastic. You know, you know. let's go back to the to your career or what it was initially. Uh, you left GE. Uh, they were early supporters, and I believe they still are. Tell us about how GE and maybe other companies are supporting Build On. Well, they, they definitely are still a strong supporter of Build On. They were, you know, the one of the earliest supporters. And after I left the company, I was surprised and really inspired um, by their willingness to, to come along and, and take the journey with us. And we faced some in, immense challenges early on and a lot of skepticism. And uh, it was about six months after I left GE, I, I went in and talked to the CFO of GE Capital, who by the way, I couldn't believe the guy gave me a meeting because <laughs> he's on the cover of the annual report. He's on the cover of Newsweek. and um, Divine intervention, and Jim. Divine intervention. Apparently it was. So, <laughs> so Jim Park joined our board. Um, we were able to get some initial funding from the GE Foundation, not enough to solve all our problems, but it gave me the confidence that I needed in myself. It gave others the confidence that they needed in, in our organization because at that time we didn't have a track record. Now, 23, almost 24 years later, officers of GE have gone out and built schools with us. The, mm. the uh, Jim Parks, uh, one of his successors, has built a school in Nicaragua with his son, also served with our kids in Bridgeport, Connecticut, in a, consistently in a homeless shelter. Uh, kids that are in the St. not kids, but 20, 20 year uh People that are younger folks that are at GE, the fast track folks in the financial management program, do service with our kids in the South Bronx. They build schools in West Africa and Nicaragua. And officers of the company are, are out and engaged in all of those ways as well. And GE helps to raise a lot of money for us. In fact, they organized uh, what we call the GE Challenge to get more of our after-school programs in urban high schools funded. And we raised over a million dollars with this challenge alone, getting Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank and Pitney Bowes and KPMG and many others to step up at the $100,000 level. And, and this is really making a huge impact. They not only support, but they advocate uh, for go. Build On and they get people involved. Jim, who else or another company, exactly how can others contribute, either as individuals or companies? How would we connect with you? Well, just go to our, and the initial step, obviously, is go to our website, buildon.org, and and take a look at what we're doing. Re, you can reach out to me. Uh, my email is on our website, and we we work with a, a, a lot of different Fortune 100 companies, employees get involved in Build On, serving alongside of our students and helping to build schools. And what we found and what GE has found is that right now, millennials especially want to work for a company that has purpose behind it, and so more more and more people want to get involved and work in in American inner cities and help to really make change globally because it's good for their business. It makes mm -hmm. them more competitive, you know, and they're able to get and recruit the best talent. What's the future look like for Build On? Even greater aspirations? 
We got about um, a minute left. What's what's the future look like? Well, we uh, you know right now we work with about uh, four thousand urban youth on a weekly basis, and there's uh, a little over ninety thousand children, parents, and grandparents attending the schools that we've built around the world. Twenty years from now, we'd like to be working with at least a hundred thousand urban youth every week, and we'd like there to be more than one million people attending Build On schools around the world. And the most important part of our vision for the future is not just those metrics, but that our alumni, the students in our programs, the children going to our schools will be leading the systemic change in breaking the cycle of poverty, illiteracy, and low expectations. They, the alumni, the kids, they are the future. Wow. And so that, that's that's for us what, what, what we hope uh, that the future holds, and we're working hard to achieve it. Great. You have uh, really accomplished a lot. I'm honored that you are found the time to join us on the Business Builder Show. We've been speaking with Jim Solkowski, the founder and president and CEO of BuildOn. Jim, thanks for joining us on the Business Builder Show. Marty, thank you. And Carrie, thanks a lot. It's great talking to you guys. Presenting the thought leaders of today. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. My new site just launched, and I'd love to know what you think. But I also have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to 30 Minutes with my marketing coach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketing coach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketing coach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. For your next regional or national meeting, are you looking for a professional facilitator to keep things on track so your meeting meets the objectives? Have you assembled a group of subject matter experts for a panel and you need a moderator who is skilled in keeping the conversation focused on what really matters? Do you want a speaker for your next meeting who will engage the audience in a way that makes the meeting fun and memorable? Marty Wolf of The Business Builder Show is available for your next important event. You can contact him at... 570-815-1626. Marty has facilitated hundreds of meetings in all kinds of settings. He has interviewed hundreds of CEOs, authors, professional speakers, and thought leaders from many different industries. Planning an important meeting? Want to feel confident you will achieve the results you planned for? Then call Marty Wolf at 570-815-1626. Or log on to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. I promised you at the beginning of the show, we would inspire you. If you're not inspired listening to Jim Zalkowski's interview, check your pulse. You delivered once again. When that interview went down, I sat quiet, spellbound. The book is such a great read, well written. Um, 
It's a gem. I will read that book again and again and again. And the title of the book is, we want to refer to it often because we want you to go to buildon.org and check out what they're doing there. Jim's book is Walk in Their Shoes. Can one person change the world? And Carrie, you said something important. We read a lot of books, and sometimes these books are... How do I say? Not well written. No, <laughs> this no. one is, and yeah. he he ties his personal story in, and it's very very powerful. In the magnitude of what he what they've been able to do over, you know, a rather brief time, you know, it, it was so hard for him to build the first school, and right. it took so many years, and now he's into the hundreds and hundreds of schools. Right, but and, the impact at home is the real killer. That's the real catch. Well, it's it's a beautiful combination. It's yeah. that and and what he's done is going to tie in beautifully what we're going to talk about right now. And and his volunteers and they're all volunteers and the companies who are helping uh, helping him are engaged, connected. And when you are engaged and connected, there's some and you're challenged. There's some information that says you're happier. And so that sets yes. up our last what segment. A segue. How about what that? A segue. We're, Drum roll, please. We are looking at our article titled. An easy way to make your employers happier. Now, like I said at the beginning, don't jump to conclusions because this isn't a normal story. This is kind of a taking a different tact. Now, Tom, you're not going to start singing Bruno Mars, are you? <laughs> no, 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 don't worry about that. No, okay. <laughs> All right. No, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Easy way to make your employers happier. This is, comes to us from Liz Wiseman. This is Harvard Business Review. She starts the story out by saying employee satisfaction is down in corporations of all size. A SHRM reports, which is the uh, Human Resource Management um, Society. Reports, Society of Human Resource Management, reports that while 86% of Americans were happy with their jobs in 2009, that percentage has been in slow but steady decline ever since. Are you ready for this number? Gallup's State of the Global Workplace finds that only 13% of people around the world feel engaged at work. That's a staggering number if you're an employer. (laughs) Wow. Let's get that other 87% engaged. Well, at least get going in the right direction, Kerry. Yeah. So some companies are, in fact, responding, and they're holding their managers managers accountable. And most of what we hear about are are rewards programs and recognition programs, and, and some Silicon Valley startups are doing, like, really crazy things like offering massages and free food, etc. And you know, all these things could be good. They could be very fruitful. And quite frankly, they usually are. Maybe short term. Ancillary. Not really anything you can hit your wagon to for sustainability. Liz Wiseman in this article says there is a better, faster, cheaper way for organizations to help employees feel more fulfilled. And I'm going to put in parentheses happier here's a key sentence trying to make them happy if you're trying to make them happy ask them to do something hard challenge them that's what's making this article dramatically different we're not trying to make you happy we're trying to make you more fulfilled by potentially giving you some new opportunities a lot of data is out there, and she's reporting to uh, from the Sherm, Sherm reports that um, um, employees, and especially that younger group, Carrie, what's the name of that younger group? Millennials. They want their skills used. They want them stretched. Now, she is telling us, Liz is telling us, that this applies all age groups, so not just the millennials, but especially there. 
she also did some surveys and uh, and she says here let's see here she she asked 1000 people from a variety of industries to indicate the current level of challenge in their jobs and their current level of satisfaction there's a connection in other words as the challenge level goes up so does the satisfaction this makes sense this this does make sense if you think about your own careers and your own lives when you felt challenged, when you stepped up, it was more rewarding. It made you feel your self-confidence went up. This makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's an innate sensibility to people that they always want to do their best. They want to be challenged. Yes. And so as leaders in any organization, whether you're the supervisor or the boss, whatever you want to call it, Start to think about this. You know, I have this story about my own son. I won't say which son, but he had worked for someone and he was doing a great job. And the but the employer is a friend of mine. And he said, you know, this particular son was seemed to be not slacking, but not happy. And the employer said, geez, Marty, you know, I don't know why he isn't happier. This is an easy gig. And this is a few years ago. And I said, he doesn't want an easy gig. He wants to be challenged. After all, he's a wolf, Tom. Yes. You know, he wants to be challenged, right? So this, I had a personal hands-on experience with this. Okay, so let's see here. So what's the lesson for managers? What, what do we? It, it's certainly important to uh, celebrate and success when you have a success as you're moving along. You don't want to over-challenge, if I can use that word. You want people to have some success. But here's a few signs to look for if people may be plateauing. And here's, uh, I'm going to, we're going to go by these points, Kerry, one at a time, okay? Here's what to look for. Everything these people manage has run smoothly for a significant period of time. What they're assigned to, it's going great. Life is good. Going good. Next thing, that maybe they've plateaued. When they're faced with problems, they jump quickly to the solution. They know the answer. They don't have to think about it. They've done it a hundred times, right? Mm-hmm. Next point. These people might spend time trying to fix other people's and other departments' problems because they don't have any themselves. They're not challenged. Here's an important point, the last point, that these people, if they maybe have plateaued, they become increasingly but inexplicably negative. You may see a negative attitude that you haven't seen before. So here's some suggestions. We've pointed out where they might be plateauing. Here's some some ideas to help you help them feel more challenged increase break, them, break the rut to break get them out of that rut yeah here's suggestion number one increase the diff the uh increase the degree of difficulty you know raise the stakes make it more valuable change them change it up for them maybe the idea that they've been using in their department maybe it should be shared uh, shared across the whole country the whole company right i've seen this work on uh work crews when i was in the environmental world that at times when I would let one of the, I'll call them foot soldiers, take the reins on a project. Yep. They really stepped it up. Here's another idea. Turn them into rookies. Challenge them with brand new things, something that they really feel uncomfortable. 
Another point, pivot them to a new problem. Um, give them a whole new challenge that's completely outside of their range of expertise. But the key thing is here, you can't just leave them alone. You got to help them. You got to lead them. You got to give them some suggestions. Does this make sense? So stretch them. Stretch don't break them. them. But stretch them, but don't break them. That's a great point. Because mindful leadership in these situations is very, very important. Going to read the last paragraph in this article from Liz Wiseman. The title of the article is An Easy Way to Make Your Employees Happier. Here's what she says. Last paragraph. Pay raises, bonuses, and promotions are limited. Challenging work, assignments your employees can sink their teeth into, is not limited. It's also one of the most effective ways to increase your employees' satisfaction and therefore their happiness quotient. We set out to inform, educate, and inspire you. I expect the inspiration came from Jim Zolkowski of BuildOn.org. That's BuildOn.org. Please go to his site, and if possible, contribute and learn more about their great programs. You may want to get involved with BuildOn or a similar program in your market. Learn what they're doing. The information we shared on productivity should reduce your stress and get you focused on what really matters. And it is now clear that we need to be challenged at work, not bored. Tom and Carrie, as always, thanks for your support and help. Next week, I'm bringing back Cal Newport. I'm so impressed with Cal. We're bringing him back. You can get all our shows. They're archived at MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. I'm Marty Wolf. Thanks for listening to the Business Builder Show and have a great week. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. My new site just launched, and I'd love to know what you think. But I also have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to 30 Minutes with my marketingcoach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab is going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? He said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry.